It's the main satellite. The main satellite. You motherfuckers hear that? The main satellite. And barbers and going to the barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, I was just saying, like, I, man, fuck no, tip no. I mean, look, hey, shout out to all the barbers out there. You know what I'm saying? If you're making a living <laughs> doing your thing to make us brothers look good, I appreciate that. You know, when I do come see you in a blue moon, hey, just know, charge me what you expect. <laughs> Anything no. other than that, you ain't getting. I mentioned about my barber. My barber is the same guy who has been cutting my hair in Winston-Salem for the last 14 years. And um, he's a great barber. And we formed a friendship. We talk outside of what he calls the, uh, the office, as his office. And um, I'll find him come hell out of high water. Um, it's, it'll be, uh, it, it's gotten to the point where if uh, he's not available, then I'll just go without. I'll go without if it's a haircut. That's a, a specific style that needs to be kept up. But I will say, now, I never tip him. I never tip him. But what I will do is he'll have hair care products and they might be $5 a pop or they might be $10 a pop, something to, you know, the moisturize the scalp or something for the face instead of tipping him. And I, I to think about it. I've never really thought about it, but this is something I've been doing for years now. Um, or he might have uh, uh, sponge brushes and things of that nature, something to do with hair care. It never occurred to me that I was doing it uh, instead of tipping him, but I will buy five, ten dollar items and and little services and things like that. But I can't lie and say that I've done that uh, instead of tipping him. It's just not something I've ever thought of. Um, but tipping the average barber, I can't say that I've ever done it. And 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 kudos to anybody who ever has, but I can't say I've ever done it. I'll tell you where it is right now on the app. So I use an app to reserve my my appointment for my haircut. Um, where we are now on the app, not my barber, but some of the barbers in the shop. Uh, shout out to Heads Up in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, honestly, man, um, a couple of the barbers actually include a recommended tip when you when you end your transaction. So like when you collect your appointment time, before you can even submit and even yeah. book, it will have your tip already included. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I think it's I think it's one of those things where I mean, you got to use your own judgment on that. But I just want to dispel the concept and the belief that African-American or just black people in general don't tip because I don't, I don't think that's a I hate that. idea. I hate that concept. And there's a couple of little simpler stigmas that are out there as well. Like um, we don't know good food. We don't know good cuisine. Um, we we you know, we can't appreciate fine dining or, you know, our, our idea of a great restaurant is Red Lobster. You know, idea of great seafood is Red Lobster. And I want to teach those around me that you have to be outside of the area you live in. Like, we, we don't travel well. We haven't been outside of our area. Me personally, I didn't even fly until I went to college. I'm ashamed to even say it. I was junior year in college before I even set foot on a plane. And um, I actually was dating a girl, and her dad was blown away. He actually was very disappointed in me. He's like, you've never been on a plane. You've never flown anywhere. I said, nah, unfortunately, I haven't. Um, and so he actually flew me to visit his family. Mm-hmm. To visit, I was, I was, again, like I said, young, 20 years old. 
but just not well-versed. And I think that's something we need to start incorporating at an earlier age, especially as African-Americans. We need to start tasting different things, going different places, traveling, seeing more of the world. Mm-hmm. Leave, your, leave your community, please. One of the things I was going to throw out there, and, and I'm just throwing it out there. I don't really, <laughs> I know how y'all going to get at me and shit. Kind of like, you know, the fact that you may not, um, you, okay, so for what I'm hearing is that you feel yourself overcompensating to battle a stigma, right? Mm-hmm. But other stigmas you don't do that with. You only do that with certain ones or monetary-based ones. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a stigma you play ball, but you still associate yourself with ball, right? Mm-hmm. You don't take a strike from basketball. Mm-hmm. That's great. And be like, you know what, I'm gonna fight this stigma. I'm not playing ball. My son's not playing ball. I'm not watching basketball. I'm, you only do that when it's a monitor, like it's an instant, something you could just instantly pop off and try to make right instead of something you have to make a full commitment to. And it's funny you say that because if you remember the Colin Kaepernick situation, everybody was standing with Cap. Everybody that was black was standing with Cap. Nobody was watching the NFL. We were all boycotting the NFL. It helped that the NFL was trashed that year, but everybody was standing with Cap, right? As soon as the new year started and the new football season started, people said, I'm not watching another game. Ratings seem to be equally as high as they were before. And all those same people who said they were going to boycott football and we're not going to, we're going to stand with cap. We're not going to watch football. They were wearing their jerseys. They were buying tickets, going to the game. So I, I agree with you, Wayne. I think when, we pick and choose the stigmas that we want to dispel. We, we know that people see us and say, this person's not well-groomed or, or they see us and they think of us in a negative light based on how we dress. But does that make a change the way we dress? Does it make us not sag our pants? Well, what I was going to say a, a moment ago before Wayne spoke is when it comes to um, fine dining, I think, or when it comes to... Uh, uh, certain styles that are in vogue or getting outside of uh, your neighborhood or outside of your state, uh, riding on planes and trains and automobiles, moving, I think uh, moving throughout the world, although those can be good things and often are good things, I think that's all subjective. It is dependent upon what the individual likes. It is dependent upon the individual's personal tastes. So um, uh, some people live and die in the same town. They're born there. And they live there and they are whatever measure of success they want to have. They have that there, however they're judging that. And then they die there. I don't think um, and and I'm sure that's not what you're saying, but a lot of people are judged on that based upon those things. So your personal standards or your personal perspective or your personal tastes aren't um, expounded upon. If you decide that you don't want to do that, then you are considered a hick or uh, not, you know, uncultured or, uh, just a just a hick, a person who doesn't want better and does not see fit to try for better, but it really does. Better is a matter of personal perspective. It's a matter of personal taste and desire, you know. Um, but also, I wanted to say what it is you were saying a moment ago, Wayne. Uh, yes, and you were also saying it, Terrence. Uh, too often do we, there's an expiry date on our uh, uh, outrage and our indignation. So if the uh, season sucked that year, Terrence, if it so happened to suck, well, it's not much of a sacrifice to, to, to forego the rest of it. It's not much of a sacrifice. And if you've got, if you can get on some 
social justice bandwagon, as some people call it, then uh, that is that is that is great. That's something you can brag about to your friends and family. Perhaps you might get on social media and brag about it. But what about the next season? What if it's the best in years or your team is 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 really moving up, you know, and, and they're doing what they need to do? So and I think we do that a lot. But the question that I have for everybody is, yes, it's great to stand for things. Yes, it's great to uh, um, live within the strength of your own convictions when it comes to the things we're talking about, particularly when it comes to how we're treating this country and the stigmas that are thrust upon us and uh, how we inhabit those sometimes. But to what zenith is that to be taken? Are you never going to watch football again? Are you never going to watch basketball again? Are you going right. to not wear certain clothes or buy from certain companies that support Donald Trump or the Republican Party? There are a lot of uh, organizations and, and industries out there, companies out there that uh, a lot of folks wouldn't think they support radical Republicans, for instance. But they do. But you eat at Red Lobster, you eat at McDonald's, you shop at Walmart. So I think it's yeah. important if you're going to take it to and I'm not saying anybody should take their disease, although I know there are people who do that and, 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 and kudos to them, you know, um, I have done that, but speaking to what it is you were saying a moment ago, Wayne, I will admit there have been times when it was convenient for me to do that. If Chick-fil-A doesn't support uh, equal rights for all people, then it's easy for me to, for instance, or if they are known for being, shit to black people it's very easy for me to forgo their meals because i don't eat chick-fil-a very often anyhow i eat it every once right. every five or six months if that so the question that i have is to what extent do we carry that to what extent do we march in that strength and in that conviction how does that work where do you stop yeah when it comes to this sort of thing you know the problems we yeah. face because we face stigmas we face in america black men and women and brown people in general I mean, but, you know, I did want to throw out the just just for food for thought, you know, not all the stigmas are bad stigmas now. Mm, I know. You know, <laughs> you know not all of them are bad now, you know, because I mean, it's 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 kind of like a it's a it's a win lose. Like even even if you, you know, you keep it clean, keep it PG, you know, it's a stigma that you you got certain talents, you know what I'm saying? That you have rhythm or that you you have some type of musical ability. Or that you, um, like I said, have some type of athleticism, like, and those are things that, in all cultures, are admired upon because almost in, well, I can't speak all cultures, in a majority of Western culture, it's a thing that can earn you money, like people will pay to see someone sing, pay to see someone dance, pay to hear somebody rap, pay to um see somebody run, see somebody jump. They'll, they'll, they'll pay to see those things. So, you know, some of the stigmas are kind of like, they shitty stigmas, but then, you know, you got the, okay, well, you know, you could, if you that kind of guy, I mean, you, you, you could ride it, you know what I'm saying? Like you could be, I, I remember back in the days, you know, I, I go to a, a park or something and somebody be like, hey, you trying to run? They ain't see me. They ain't seen me ball a day in my life. You know what I'm saying? They just be like, they just see my stature. Hey, you trying to run? All right, come on. Next thing I know, they be like, hey, hey, sub out, sub out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> People <laughs> stop guarding me and shit. And I'm like, no, what, what, what happened to that energy that y'all just had a minute ago when I was a first round draft pick? You know what I'm saying? Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you leaving me open for every single shot and shit. You know what I mean? And I could so, agree. Um, 
Mm. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Wayne. Go ahead. No, no. <laughs> and then, you know, hey, bedroom stick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, hey that don't, hey, that's not. It doesn't exactly work against you sometimes. It don't. Like, it don't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could, you know, the whole, once you go black, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, not not all of them are just kind of like, we got to, we got to do something about this shit. We got to fight this shit. Like, well, 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 think of it this way, though. Like, okay, so if, once you go black, that can get you through the door. But there are certain expectations that are held for you. So the moment that the door is used, you have to bear that out. You have to prove that the stereotype or the stigma is so. Now, once you can't prove that, now there's, you might be a member no. of a group of people um, who are stigmatized when it comes to that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Not in the main satellite, not this group. <laughs> well, I can't say that this never happened to me because of my height and so on, because so it has. But, and I'm not ashamed to say it because I was born with what I'm born with and whatever it is, is what it is. But now the thing is, um, you were talking about a moment ago, not all of these perspectives, these stigmas are, are negative. It makes me wonder, do, do, are there people, are there black men, for instance, who feel any sort of remorse who may be well endowed, for instance? Do they feel any sort of remorse when they project that into the world? Or perhaps there are men who aren't as uh, uh, quote unquote well endowed until, uh, but they can pretend that they are until it's discovered that they aren't by whoever their paramour is or object with their affections or lust or whatever. <laughs> so, so it's like, <laughs> the question I have is, it, to some, depending upon what side of the penny you're on, it could be a positive stigma or it could be a negative stigma. Personally, I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be stigmatized when it comes to that because I don't want to be. And it's similar to what it is we were talking about. It just so happens that it's not a thing I'm doing that I do. So while I may over tip overcompensate in that way, I don't try to overcompensate this way because I know when the chips are down, things are going to be presented and I'm going to have to live up to some ridiculous fucking, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, situation, you know. Uh, so. it. It's sort of, do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? Do we accept some and work with some and benefit from some and leave others out and, 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 well, and peace out to well, those? Or do we accept them all as they are? Or is there a little nuance? How does that work? Well, well I wanted to say, I agree with you. I, I, we definitely need to take a closer look at that because there are some stigmas that, as Wayne mentioned, African-American men are athletic. Um, some might even say gladiators, per se. Um, Strong in stature, are built very athletic naturally. Um, but the issue I have is when you limit me. So when you take that stigma and say that, well, he's only good enough to be a running back or a wide receiver or a lineman, fullback. He's not cerebral enough to be the quarterback. That's a white man's job. He's not smart enough or cerebral enough to own the team. He's only athletic enough to play for the team. So that's my issue. I don't have, I don't have a problem with you thinking I'm more athletic than you are. Cause I probably am if, if we're comparing myself with somebody else, but don't leave out the fact that I'm also cerebral and I can occupy, occupy more than one space at one time. And I think that's, the, that's the problem. So when you look at and say, you look at me and say, well, African-Americans can't swim. I, I wasn't able to swim for many years. I learned as a child growing up, but 
up until that point, I couldn't swim. I almost, I almost drowned, actually, when I was about 13. So I guess the point I'm making is there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, there's singers and, oh, man, he's got a great voice. Like you mentioned, Wayne, we can make a lot of money and be wealthy in this country from our, from our ability to entertain. But I'll be honest with you, sometimes if you look at it, football looks a lot like a plantation. You've got the master in the house. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, got, I definitely can agree with that. And you got all the workers in the field because they're not smart enough to be the quarterback. They're not smart enough to be the owners. So, so yeah, I, you're right. The stigmas are great, but don't limit me to that stigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if they if they call some type of um, uh, additional undeserving sacrifice, uh, yeah, I, I definitely can understand. I don't want to be a part of that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if I go, if I'm out somewhere and and there's a situation in which, um, you know, I have to I have to get a little tough. Get a little tough with someone who doesn't look like me. I mean, I feel a lot of times you get you got a leg up. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you know, I've been in situations in which, you know, the crowd will move. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not, you know, it's just kind of like I'm coming through. Like I, my head is up. I'm looking straight ahead. I'm coming through. And it, and it's not that I'm I'm like move move motherfucker. Like I'm not coming through like that. It's just that's just my normal gait. You know what I'm saying? I'm just walking through and people might get out the way or people might step to the side or people might you know and, and what i'm speaking on at this point is kind of like a, a um the stigma that black men can fight you know what i'm saying i'm not saying i'm not saying we can't i mean mm-hmm. i mean I, i've seen i've seen mark beat somebody ass in the streets of san diego <laughs> before uh that shit was crazy man that shit was crazy uh uh some of those and, and, and I'm just bringing up another example of it, but you know, some of those stigmas, if you, if you apply them correctly, they can be beneficial to you in, in a way that you may not necessarily even attempt it to get them to benefit you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure all of us have been in the situation and I'm not really trying to break it down in a race matter, but a white guy bumps you and he turns around to see who you are. Now all of a sudden, it's really one of two things is going to happen. Either he's going to be bludgeon drunk and just kind of be like a dick or he's going to be super apologetic. <laughs> like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Sorry, man. Sorry. They, I didn't, I didn't see you. There. I didn't mean like, I get it. Motherfucker. Like move on. You, you bump my elbow. It ain't that big of a fucking deal. Like I'm not about to damn, I'm not about to, you know what I'm saying, pull out my gat, you know what I mean? And yeah. do you up right here in the fucking uh in the fucking bar. Why are so you it, smiling? Me smiling when you're saying that. Are you gonna pull out your gat and do somebody else lane <laughs> and fuck a lot? You smiling awful hard talking about no, it. No, 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 no. I mean, that's another topic. I'm, I mean I'm, I'm fucking about with you, man. I, you know, hey, it is what it is. It's that's another topic. But you know, so some of the I mean, we hate them, we wish they weren't there, but I and for me, I'm just speaking on me as a black man. Like some of them that are in place, I think we earn the right for those to be in place. Like somewhere along the line, like this, he's athletic. Okay, you only think that because I come from an ancestry of slaves. You know what I'm saying? Like you only think that because my great, great, great was, was, was you know what I'm saying? Working in the field 
you know, seven days a week. That's the only reason you think that. So I'm a whole, even though great, 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 great granddad, he may not want that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, being a strong, it, it depends on the auction block. You know what I'm saying? How you were in the field. You know, he may not want that per se, but at the same time, yeah, I am strong. I am athletic. I come from a line of strong. So in, the, so in those instances, let me ask you this. Uh, are they still stigmas or stereotypes if we are embracing them and using them for positive means or to positive ends? Are they still stigmas? Are they still stereotypes? And if they are, uh, how do we determine which ones are worth that sort of attention or worth that sort of uh, 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 pass, that sort of green light? How does that how does that work? I think they are. I think they are part of our culture. And I think they are. Um, they go from being just a stigma and a stereotype. And we all know every stereotype has some some truth rooted in it. Um, that I was I was going to tag on to kind of what, uh, what Wayne had to say there. Um, though some of those stigmas you mentioned, to be honest with you, I'm going to look at it from a different perspective. Some of those stigmas aren't positive. Some of those stigmas I don't necessarily want to embrace. And I'm going to tell you why, because police officers are going to treat you a lot differently than somebody else, this smaller frame, um, maybe doesn't seem as threatening. True. True. Um, if I see you in a club or in a bar or I'm walking out, I'm passed by a group of guys, about six foot five, six three, six two, African-American men, I'm probably going to feel a little bit differently than passing by a group of white white guys. I might not even notice the point I'm I making. Agree. So, so what I'm saying is I know how some of us look at those statements and say, well, you know, well, I know he's not going to do anything to me. Yeah, but to be perfectly honest with you, I'm going to have to handle you differently. Like where somebody might see a white guy and I might be quick to knuckle up. I might be quick to fight, fist fight. But if I see a black guy, I'm thinking, okay, he's probably got a gun. He's probably going to shoot me. So those stigmas have caused us a lot of pain in this country. African-Americans pull us over. It has. It has. Police officers pull over African-Americans all the time. And the first thing they think is, oh, he's aggressive. I got I to handle him differently. I got to treat him differently. They're, slam they're slamming our 15-year-old kids and little boys around and daughters. Yeah. They look at Every day. Look at you like they look at us like you say that well i gotta handle him a little. he's a little more athletic he's a little stronger i gotta i gotta really really rough this kid up to prove a point so so are those stigmas positive i mean like like you said before coding right right coding i i, I know when to tip my chin a little bit more i also know when to dip my head a little bit more you know what i'm saying i know when to rear my shoulders back a little bit more i know when to Hey, it's nice evening night, huh, officer? I mean, <laughs> coding, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've I've had my fair share uh, with law enforcement. Um, and, and every time I automatically know what mode to go in. Because it's that stigma, like you're saying. Like, I over-exaggerate my courtesy and over-exaggerate my cooperation for the simple fact that I have to combat them automatically thinking, oh yeah, he's big, he's black. Oh yeah, he's gonna give me a problem. Let me go ahead and pop the button on the strap. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Let me go ahead and halfway unholster. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. But, you know, it, it, like it's a double-edged sword. You know, it, it's, you're gonna, you're gonna um, I mean, the matter of the fact is we can't change who we are. We can't change what we look like. We can't change what other people think about because of what we look like, can't you know change what they think about us? 
I mean, the, the, the moments that I can embrace it, I embrace it. The moments, like, like, like you saying, the moments you need to, to leave a little extra on the table, you leave a little extra on the table. The moments that Brody instead decides to buy, you know, let me get that, you know, that, that, that sponge comb or let me get that, that hair gel or, you know, that, that, that skin tightener. He does it. He, he, you know, or, or, or gives that smile. That's another stigma. You know, black men don't smile. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you ever smile to somebody and they be like, oh, you got a nice smile. And they be like, motherfucker, I'm just smiling. Like, this shit ain't uncommon. Every person in the world got a smile, whether they got teeth in it or not. You know what I mean? What I wanted to say a moment ago, um, when you were speaking, Wayne, I was listening to you. And also we have to think about um, the stereotypes or the stigmas that we place upon ourselves and that we use to antagonize or victimize other black people. For instance, I remember, um, and it's because it's not just white people or Asian people doing it to us, it's us doing it to us too. And um, I, remember I remember growing up and having been a fan of comic books for as far back as I can remember, comic books. I love comic books, still do to this day, I, I love them. Um, I love the characters, the mythology. I love the bright colors. I love the, I love it all. So uh, I remember for a very long time, comic books, black kids reading comic books. When I was growing up, that wasn't a cool thing. That's not something you did. You were a geek. It was you were, rare. You were a geek. It was. You were a geek. You were a pussy. You were uh, inept when it came to girls, when it came to any sort of social interaction with anyone else, because you were locked inside of your own head. Surely you can't be a black person or a black kid or a black man and enjoy comic books. You know, you right. can enjoy those. Also, um, I was a big fan of science fiction and fantasy. I've always been a reader, always been a reader, always, always. And that was something else that I didn't get the uh, bad words and the negative feelings from white people or Asian people when it came to that or Brahmin people or whatever. The majority of the shit that I received was from people who looked just like me. And it went on for a very long time into my adulthood. It went on because right. only geeks and assholes and want to be white boys uh, or white people, which, which are all things that I've been called many times are into comic books or uh, into fantasy or science fiction. And in fact, that didn't stop until I became an adult. And even now, even with as popular as science fiction is and movies and television shows and, and novels and plays and, and comic books are, we all know how popular comic books are and the, the, at least the, the films that are based upon them are. And even now, uh, from time to time, I'm still called uh, a wannabe white boy, uh, 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 an Oreo, you know, for enjoying those things. So it's bad enough when we're putting up with it with it from people of other races, of other colors. But we are often our own worst uh, enemies that we engage in that shit too, you know. Um, I think a lot of that is because we've been made to feel out those who are the victimizers or the assholes. So they feel compelled to do that, to feel as if they're in. Somebody's gotta be out or they can't be in, in you know. Um, in terms of how a lot of people feel or a lot of people feel period of all races and so on and so forth. So we have to be aware of what we're doing to ourselves um, as well as what other people are doing to us, white people in particular. I agree. I, I agree. And I think a lot of it comes down to us being honest with ourselves. <laughs> a lot of those people who had 
things to say about you liking comics or being into comics may may secretly like comics himself or maybe secretly wish they could entertain something outside of the norm they wish they could be you know open with the things they're into they wish they could tell people you know i really like anime or i really like uh romance novels or i really like uh you know walks in the park whatever it may be people feel like you mentioned earlier they don't want to be on the outside and the other issue is it goes back to what i talked about before people have to be able to put if you're too far right or too far left or too different or too weird or what they consider quote unquote weird or strange they cannot understand you and they can't put you in a box you know what i mean so so it's like they cannot understand yeah. who so, so it makes it difficult. Like they can't connect with you. Yeah. They, ex- they expect us to be aggressive. They expect us to, to meet every controversial situation with aggression. But when they meet one of us for articulate African-American men and we de-escalate the situation with words, what would they call you? Oh, he's soft. He's soft. He's a punk. He's, so, he's weak. He's weak. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just don't want a criminal record. Is that a problem? Well, it, it, yeah, I mean, I agree with both of y'all. Like, um, I know I never felt, I, I knew, I knew, Brody, I knew you, I knew you back then, back in those days, mm-hmm. right? Back in the mm-hmm. days of middle school, high school, all of that. But, and I mean, I didn't think those things of you. I just thought to myself, I ain't about to spend money on that shit. Like, <laughs> it won't. I don't mean like that shit. Yeah. Like, it's not worth spending money on. I mean, like, if I want to read, I'm going to get something out the library that's free. Comics <laughs> like, that's were, comics were in the library even then. I didn't know that. They were. They I, were. I never saw they them. Were, they were hard I mean, to find. They were hard to find, but they were there. You just had to kind of look for them. Because you so. checked them all out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're all at my fucking house. Maybe. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I know. I won't like. I mean, to me, if I was gonna spend money, I'm just talking about me. I'm not making excuses for nobody else. Yeah. If I was gonna spend money on, especially as like a a, a preteen or a young teen, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna spend money on something, it's either be it's either gonna be something that somebody can, uh, I could either show off like, hey, I got a new bike or hey, I bought, you know, did, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's going to be something I could showcase or something I could share. And that was just one of the, I mean, I never, I never really got into comics like that when I was a kid. I mean, I was aware, my thing was music. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted to, I spent my time at down there on uh, the record, uh, the record store on Main Street. You know what I'm saying? That's where I was at, down there at the record store. That was my thing. I wanted to, I wanted to listen to music, you know, and I'm pretty sure there were some people who were like, look at this motherfucker walking up and down the street, but down, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure that was out there, but. I think it's a matter of, it goes back to what uh, uh, Terrence was saying earlier and what I uh, spoke about earlier. We don't need to uh, box each other in. Put them in a box, or, yeah. Or, pigeon, or pigeonhole one another. It's bad enough right. that uh, others do it to us. We definitely don't need to do that one another. We need to develop some form of uh, cultural, uh, in this country, solidarity. So although I may not like the sort of music you're into, or you might not spend your money on that shit, comic books, um, we can support one another's 
endeavors when it comes to art, when it comes to personal preferences and things like that, and be okay. And I didn't take offense to that. You know, not everybody was into comics. You know, not everybody was into science fiction or not everybody was into football or, or whatever thing, fashion or whatever, bikes or whatever, you know. But I think it would be good uh, uh, for us to have discovered. I think we did develop some uh, a racial in this country, Black people. I think at yeah. one point in time, we didn't have a choice but to develop and to sustain, to maintain uh, racial, cultural solidarity. Because at that yep. time, during those times, that was all we had. We only ever had one another, you know. And, it's and there were a few white people here and there, but for the most part, we only ever had one another. All we had was one another. And I think right. uh, when we began to be accepted, sometimes because of these uh, 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 stigmas and sometimes in spite of them, because it can work in both ways, I think we began to disband. We began to, everybody, uh, you do what, you, what it is you want for yourself. I'm going to go this way, you go this way, and there's no real solidarity in terms of support or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, liking what you like but not shitting on someone else for liking what they like, you know, if it's not hurting anybody else or if it's not right, tearing right, anybody, right. Else, anybody else down or anything like that. Yeah. And in those situations, the person who was, who was putting the other person in the box is actually limiting themselves because they miss out on an opportunity on an opportunity mm -hmm. to, to engage with somebody that might be really cool. That's right. I was just going to say part of the biggest issue we deal with as African-Americans is our identity. And so that's the problem. Because when you think of, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you say, in your mind, you have an identity of what a white person does, an African-American, Black person does, whatever the race is, you have in your mind, either from what we've been taught on TV or history books, certain things that are cultural, that are indicative of that actual group of people. So music and hip hop and rap, we all know th those are, those are African-American traits or African-American interest things that are associated with our culture so that's why when you hear people say why are you talking white quote unquote what does talking white mean what are they trying to say mm -hmm. you're trying to articulating your words and just sounding very proper or using some type of dialect as um it references it reminds them of a white person and a lot of times they're also reminding you that you are once again you are of the out you are not of the in i right. don't feel good about myself unless i feel in and so you got to be made to feel out. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just had to. I had to say that. Yeah, I think it's a very, a very important point. And, and I, and I know I personally struggle with this as well. When you look at certain characteristics, you know, you hear certain news headlines. We've all been guilty of this. Certain headlines. You hear things in the news, and the first thing you think in your mind, what was the crime? Uh, that's that's <laughs> white guy. And you hear, unfortunately, uh, gun violence or or, or shooting. Uh, it's probably a black guy. I mean, and, and the thing about it is we've created these stigmas based on some grain of truth. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to change that. And you find yourself hoping and wishing if it's a crime of a certain sort, please don't let them be black. Please don't let them be black. Please don't let them be black. As terrible as it sounds, we have rather enough on our plate, on our collective plate as it is. We don't need additional helpings of horseshit. Please don't let him be black. Oh God, don't let him be black. Uh, the situation that went on with, uh, with uh, John Lee, John Lee Malva, whatever the guy's name were back in the uh, early two thousands, the the serial killers. I was convinced that they were that it was a white person or yeah, white DC people. snipers. DC snipers, yeah. And then they were down and yeah, all over the place. And uh, I remember being very shocked and disappointed, as terrible as that sounds, when both of them were black. 
Yeah. Please, please don't be black. Don't be black. You know, that's all we ask. You know, well, don't kill anybody, but don't be black. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think it comes back to, and again, I know, I know we're short for time right now, but I just want to make a point, a real quick point that a lot of it comes down to what we're putting out and what we're giving the world. Um, I actually had somebody ask me a question about what do I think the influence of hip hop and rap has had on the African-American community? And this is from a, this is from a, a white colleague actually asked me that question and um, it posed a very good, a very good point. Um, I think a lot of the times we listen to the music and I always tell young people, listen to the music, but just don't be the music. You can listen to the music and enjoy the lyrics and enjoy the beat because that's somebody else's struggle or pain they went through. But you live in a two car garage. You live in a house with two car garage. That's not you. You don't need to rob and steal or whatever this person said in the, in the lyrics of the song. You don't have to perpetuate the stereotype. And that's the point I'm making. Mm-hmm. You can listen to hip hop and still listen to opera or still listen to classical music or listen to gospel or listen to country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, I, I think the main thing is we just box people in. You can be a part of the culture, the culture without perpetuating negative aspects of the culture. You don't have to be all of those things. I, I agree. 100%. time on the main satellite all right fellas yeah. all right have a good night bro. all right take it easy bro all right all right